Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice at my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john we've got uh, a couple of guests with us this week uh, we have our apparently jd is joining us he's running late <laughs> And we have another guest who's joining who might be running late. But until they get here, in the meantime, first off, let's start with the man, the myth, the legend, the leader of one of the craziest podcasts on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. And that, of course, that's the one and only Joey DiCarlo. How are you, sir? What's going on, everybody? It's great to be back on Superhero Speak. Thanks for having me on. Um, I don't get an introduction like that. Yeah, that was everybody. epic. <laughs> Your old hat, you're here every week. So. <laughs> and of course, we can't do a show like this without one of our favorite people in the podcasting world, the one and only D Square. How are you, my friend? You know, I'm doing okay. Had to pay $500 to have a root removed from uh, the sewage system by my house, but that's just some homeowner blues. So we got some alcoholic uh, beverage, and I'm on my favorite podcast, so things are looking up. Ah, see, thanks for that. See, John, because Don says things like that. That's why he gets a good intro. Also, to be uh, fair, because I pay attention to this sort of thing, when you throw it to John, eight times out of ten, it's meh. <laughs> so I live a boring life. You set a precedent, sir. That's that's all that's that's my only point there. Fair enough. Fair but enough. I've been there. We've all been there. Had yes. to go to counseling for it. So it's okay to do. <sighs> I have my counseling. It's over in, in the bar. It's, <laughs> so. so while we're waiting for others to join, Joey, it's been a while since we've yeah. seen you. How, how are things in your world? Oh, everything's everything's great. You know, just uh, getting ready for this upcoming weekend's live stream for the Cure event. Uh, we're going to be live on Twitch with a lot of other content creators raising money to fight cancer. So it should be Excellent. an exciting time. And, you know, just podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast. YouTube, YouTube, that's the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind. What's what's the goal this year for live stream? A twenty grand. That's a that's a big goal. I, I think they can hit it. I think they can hit it. They've already got uh, seventeen hundred dollars in early donations as we speak. Everybody's got their own goals for their little hours of content. We're gonna try to hit two hundred for ours. Hopefully, people will donate. Hope to have a good time. As long as I don't put you on the two a.m. slot again, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're uh, 1 to 2 p.m. on May 21st, Eastern Time. So, well, it's, it's good work. My my mother is a breast cancer survivor. So, you know, 
Cool. Oh, she wants to donate some money. You can make me drink uh, Mountain Dew flavored like uh, Cheetos. Um, things. Oh. I'll donate for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that abomination. My next door neighbor tried to get me to try that. I refused. Yeah, I hate Cheetos. Uh, I'm not a big fan. So we're playing a game. The punishment for my co-host getting questions wrong is going to be to drink. I don't drink alcohol, so I had to think of something. So that was what I, I came up with, something that was gross uh, that I guess people could punish me. Donations will make me drink. So, Ooh, Coke and Pop Rocks. Yeah, something something nasty. Yeah. Just keep a bucket <laughs> off to the side to puke in, I guess. Or have to pu- puke. You'll just you'll projectile vomit from that. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh my God. That's gross. Speaking of things that are gross, how are you doing, Don? Oh, (laughs) besides having to pay for your, your sewer repair. Other than that, life is good. You know, I'm working on uh, some speed runs. I actually just submitted a Star Fox speed run and actually moved up a place. So there's only 14 people in the world that are faster at Star Fox than I am. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's, that's really about it. You know, what's the, what's the time on, being the four, 15th fastest Star Fox player. 14, 14 minutes, 30 seconds. Oh, wow. So that's, yeah, it's just under 12 minutes for like the world record. But, and I'm also been practicing on Mega Man X too, but that's a uh, world record on that is 30 minutes. But like in order to, to get that, I know I'm getting deep here, but you can't get any of the upgrades or nothing. So you gotta be, you gotta be good and not get beat up. Yeah, you gotta be flawless, I think. Because dying doesn't help a speed. I mean, you can kind of mess up. And with Mega Man, it kind of throws your energy pellets. So, I mean, you can, I've gone from like, oh, crap, I'm done to, oh, okay, I'm good now. (laughs) It just happens. Sometimes I watch those speed runs and I'm wondering, like, how many times did they play this game? Exactly. No, that's that's all it is. Like, it's just, you play it a hundred times. And on your hundred and first time, you just, you hit all the points and speed through it. Yeah. It just takes a lot of practice, a lot of muscle memory. I've seen a lot of speed runs in Minecraft to get to the dragon. And, you know, you have to get the perfect seed. And then, like you said, you just have to play it until you get that one time where everything just goes right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So, yeah, that's my world. It's pretty cool. Speaking of things that need to go right, John, what's new with you? <laughs> Nothing. You know, like I'm 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 doing house stuff, too. And in first of June, I get in my new driveway. So god i'm old because that's exciting to me otherwise you know eh, not not much going on you know can't wait for the summer is that replacing the driveway that you've been talking about replacing since i've known you pretty much yes (laughs) the wonders of having all my bills paid after a divorce good times good Good, well no not (laughs) no right that would indicate the opposite at least at some point (laughs) all those alimony checks again put to good use right well, well, you mean, you know, I'm not having to pay all those alimony checks anymore. That's yeah. But it's just, it's just sad when you get old, like I, I, I'm, I'm just glad that I get the same excitement over a new comic book or an, or manga entry. in one of the ones that I like, uh, as I get from a new driveway or an air conditioning unit, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, that's why we're all here. Keeping our inner child, inner children, well-fed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think I have, uh, I get just as much of excitement. I think I get more excitement out of a new comic book than I do out of getting my driveway repaired. That's just like, eh, I had to do that. (laughs) So you, Dave? Uh, I can't complain. Not much going on since last week. It was my daughter's eldest son's 21st birthday over the weekend. So 
we celebrated that. I was the the bad influence boyfriend and got him a six pack of good beer and a and a bottle of rum. So Natty Light. What? <laughs> you get him some Natty Light. Natty Light. No, Pap's oh. Blue Ribbon, right? No. <laughs> I got him Spaten, which is a German import, and uh, no. See, hey. see, Joey, you don't drink, so you don't understand. But no, I just know the things my friends drink, so that's it. Yeah. It was something I learned a long time ago where, like, <laughs> German beers, it's illegal for them to put preservatives in them. So people who drink, when you drink beer, it has, like, aftertaste to it, and I've never liked it because of that. And a friend of mine was like, that's because you're drinking American beers. He introduced me to German beer, and I tried it, like, oh, okay. I do like the taste of beer. I just didn't like the aftertaste. Well, you know what the old saying is from Monty Python, right? What's that? Why is why is drinking American beer like making love in a canoe? Why? Because it's fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That, there you go. There's one, one blue joke for for the month. Thank you for the month. Hmm. So yeah, and then the other thing we did, John. I don't know if you guys aren't going to know this. Might not know this reference. We went to Fogo yesterday. Oh, and, uh... <laughs> like we were supposed to. Oh, you should have invited me. You're only like one state over from me, yet you have these places with weird names that I've never heard. Wawa, Fogo, <laughs> like what else you got? Wawa Joe? and Fogo are God. I mean, geez, those two. Well, Joey can tell you about Wawa. Yeah, Wawa is awesome. I just wish they had any of them around here. So, <laughs> Yeah, and Fogo we got, is just We like... got Cumbies. That's the best we can do. <laughs> what, Cumber? Cumberland Farms? yeah oh, okay. oh yeah i'm from connecticut so i know cumberland farms there you go yeah. that's that's not even a, a good that's not even a good uh, replacement for turkey hill I no mean... it's not even a, a hair on wawa's asshole so yeah oh my goodness <laughs> all right so you know what jd's not here and you guys haven't been on in a while did you guys watch uh moon Knight, the whole thing yes sir oh okay yep. So, so I'm curious what you guys thought. Let's start with let's start with Joey. What did you think of the overall show, and how do you think this might impact the MCU going forward? Well, we just recorded our review of this as we speak about an hour ago, so mm. I thought it was okay. All right, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I, just, I I thought it was okay. I think we went in this a little in depth on on our show too. Is I I feel like like these MCU shows are they released weekly but they mm -hmm. work better as a binge watch. So it's this weird dichotomy where like I had to binge this one a couple times. So I watched like the first three episodes and then I had a couple weeks off and then I watched the last three episodes in the last mm -hmm. couple of days and it was okay. But it, it definitely, it just feels weird, man. Outside of WandaVision, like it feels like all of these should be binge watched, but they drop them weekly and they're not making the show like a TV show. Like it's, it's a six hour movie. They just cut into pieces True. and it's, there's no hook like week to week hook on some of these, like for, for moon Knight, like the first episode was okay, but I wasn't running through a brick wall for week two. The and it was a good hook though. <laughs> yeah. That was probably the only good one in the whole series was, was, was when the hippo showed up, but you know, it finally, I think the last like episode and a half kicked into what I actually wanted from a moon Knight show. Right. It just took, four and a half hours of a lot of talking to get there so how about you don i loved it but i can understand where people are coming from because you have to just go into it like 
up until episode number four, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on yet. <laughs> like, shit is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it. I've seen the character Moon Knight, but I don't understand. So I totally get that whole, like, it's better binging rather than seeing it week to week like I did. I think that's just a tactic on uh, the part of, of Disney to make sure people don't free uh, trial it and out, you know. Also very re- reminiscent, a comic book arc is normally four to six issues as well. But yeah, the first, especially with WandaVision, and a lot of them really, the first, like, episodes you're like okay i don't i just don't know what's happening here i just know that it'll pay off in the end and for this one it did i thought it was very i actually thought it was very well written and then at the end to come up with some straight comic book bullshit which i love i just i love it i love when they say hey comic books are fucking crazy boom here you go there's a giant alligator in uh Kanchu fighting in egypt like that was awesome i love that sort of thing but it did not connect to the mcu at all yet and right. i think that's where a lot of people are like what's going on here but let's face it we got the multiverse which is just there we could do stuff now so that's what we're gonna get true it, it might have gone a bit too deep like i i agree with both joey and don like i i i, I liked it more than joey did but I think they are. I didn't dislike it. It just, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I liked it more new. But the thing is that I think they're going too deep on the minutia. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're comic book people. We love that. If you look in the background and you stop the videotape at like the at one half second, and then you use a magnifying glass, you can see like Kang the Conqueror or something. But like, they need to be more entertaining. And yeah, like Joey said, like having a hook at the end of each episode would be a lot better. Like they could take a they they could take a a page from Russell T Davies, who was awesome at that with like uh, Doctor Who. You mm-hmm. always came back because at the end of each episode, you were like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen now?" So I mean, yeah. but I still enjoyed it. I you know it wasn't it wasn't bad. I am yeah. curious about something because, like I said you know you don't know what's going on here but i will tell you after the whole series i still don't know what's up with the whole like he's in the hospital and then he you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. he's in with the therapist both his personalities are there then the nathan hawk character is a different personality in there i don't get that yeah i i my worry is that you know a lot of people liked to shit on the mcu formula like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the cookie cutter MCU formula. But you know what? I like the MCU formula. I like jokes and fun and adventure and action. And me and the kids and my wife can sit down and watch, you know, Thor Ragnarok or whatever. And it's fun. And then we're done. You know, they made a big deal about uh, Scarlet Scarab at the end of this uh, series. And isn't it great for young Egyptian girls to see a... A superhero. It is. I'm not shitting on the representation, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine any um, seven-year-old girls sitting through five and a half episodes of Oscar Isaac's psychological exam before we get to the superhero. It just feels like the hubris of of Marvel is, is they're kind of almost setting themselves up for a fall at this point. They're trying to take away what the actual audience wants and kind of cater more to people who are loud in social media, uh, making fun of Marvel. And, and you know, I, I just wanted more fun from it. When when they were on the, on the seas, the sand seas on the boat, that last action scene where he's switching between Moon Knight and Mister Knight, and she's fighting with the wings, like that stuff was awesome. Like, where was that for the whole series? I, I understand it's not that type of show, but man, 
I would have liked some more of that. I wanted some more like adventure, action adventure stuff. I thought this was going to be more along the lines of like the mummy, more yeah. like fun, not like this. I didn't need to see him getting like abused by his mom. <laughs> I mean, I, I was fine. That was a good episode, but like, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, is this a, this a four quadrant pleaser or is this like a deep psychological dive on Oscar Isaac's multiple personalities? So eventually you're going to keep doing this and people are going to say, well, I don't really want to watch that. The last one wasn't that great, you know? Well, uh, the, I mean, you know. they, they are introducing a new character. So, like, you know, he like he's an origin, but you can have some fun too. You know? True. True. Judging uh, by my mom and wife, the normies dropped off after Loki. Just put, throwing it out there. Yep. I actually really liked Hawkeye, but that also watched great as a binge and was a little tough week to week. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I agree too, where I think that one of the major differences here is all the other shows that they've done dealt with characters we already. Mm-hmm. new from the mcu point mm-hmm. of view and this is bringing a new character in that people don't know so yeah maybe this is the one that needed to be eight to ten episodes instead right. of six wandavision worked for me weekly because you had that mystery box element to it where we're gonna watch the show we're, we're looking like you said john we're looking in the background for uh this thing's red everything else is black and white we're gonna go on reddit or 4chan and talk about it for a week and come back with our our theories you know, this is more of a straightforward show. We didn't really have that. So there was just no oomph to it. Same thing with Hawkeye. It was a great show, but there wasn't a lot of oomph to watch it every week. There was no like hook to it. Even Hawkeye, Falcon, Winter Soldier, same way. I liked it at the end and that shows a mess, but I mean, it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of pull, you know? Mm. Yeah. These shows are, they're not selling much. That's the thing. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Why did I watch it? Because I wanted to see, um, mm. I wanted to see Falcon, Captain America. Yeah, you know why? Why did I watch? You know any of these? You want to see something? Yeah, um, I'll give Falcon Winter Soldier a little bit of a pass because I think they were rewriting it on set yeah. because it was supposed to be about a plague. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. In the middle of COVID, yeah. so they were rewriting it as we go. But I don't yeah, know. Some of this stuff just close. seems like a, a little bit much of a big plague ask. of the Corona extended plague. Yeah. yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, but a lot of this stuff just seems like a big ask. It's it's the difference between somebody who reads Amazing Spider-Man every month and people that love like Thunderstrike. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's different levels there, and not everybody's going to be down with these these different takes and these like minor characters. So. Well, I'm speaking of minor characters, we've had a couple Ooh. people sneak in. Oh, <laughs> damn! That's what happens when you give me the code, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you've heard his voice. I should recognize it at this point. We have our good friend from the Gorilla Brain podcast, Mr. 8-Bit Ray. How are you, yeah. sir? You didn't say the one and only. You need to oh, say I'm the sorry. one and only. You're contractually obligated. <laughs> the one and only 8-Bit hey. Ray. Ah, much better. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. I know I'm a little late. Fatherly duties and all that. But you know what? JD gets a pass, so I get a pass. <laughs> yes, I'll give course. you a pass because you got the Randy Watson shirt going. So Randy I'm Watson. giving respect because <laughs> he's the greatest. Yeah, I love it. And of course, it's not superhero speak with our partner in crime, JD. How are you, sir? Good. I'm in the car. I just got out of practice. So joining the show a little late, I guess. But hey, I saw Firestarter this weekend. It's fucking terrible. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've heard it's really like the, the ending of the old one was way better than the new one from what I've well, heard. The first movie sucked. And this one managed to be 10 times suckier and ruin a pretty good John Carpenter soundtrack. They had Tangerine Dreams, right? No, no, no. The new one is a John Carpenter soundtrack. Oh, wow. And it's pretty good. But, you know, the movie 
sucks tremendous amounts of ass. So, you know, you don't really get to appreciate a good soundtrack to a bad movie. So usually when they remake these, they try to get closer to the book. Oh, no, they went the opposite way. Oh, went, okay. This was, this was Carrie meets the X-Men is what they were trying to go for. But then they decided they were going to make a horror movie. Then they decided they're going to make an action movie. This thing had no idea what it wanted to be. What it didn't want to be was the book, which is a weird choice because the book's pretty good. Yeah. Why remake it if you're not going to try to be closer to it? I, I don't know. It's Blumhouse, Do we at right? least get a Drew it Barrymore cameo? Okay, um, there, there's, there's your so. answer right there, JD. It's Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Yeah, it's Blumhouse. I mean, <laughs> David yeah, fucking Boyer. <laughs> that guy. That guy. Are, yeah. Just blame it on Dave. Blame it on David. That's what I do. <laughs> Wait, what? Blame it on the Dave. <laughs> not you. I blame you for other personal reasons. Not, oh, okay. not because you made Firestarter. Twisted <laughs> Firestarter. That was prodigy. I'm Art. How are you, Dave? I missed my call this week, so. <laughs> uh, I'm doing all right. How about you, Ray? You you know, anything new and exciting in your world? I had a baby. <laughs> I'm so stupid. <laughs> that is why you missed our, our X-Men Wolverines. Yeah, that was not a duck. That would have been a perfect excuse for a duck, but that was not a duck. That was a real-life situation, unfortunately. <laughs> and now I'm dealing with constant crying and cuddling, and I got to reset the clock, like in, like in Pacific Rim. Reset the clock? Yep, I just did it. 18 and, years. And that's just you. What about the baby? I mean... You got to deal with me. That's, that's her problem. At least maybe you didn't have to talk about X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> but, she lived, but she lives in a time where it exists. She did. She acted like she was somebody who had to discuss it, though. That's that's, that's true. I also yeah. shit my pants while watching that movie. <laughs> All right. Well, well at least speaking... she didn't shit on the bed like Amber Heard. Oh, Got it oh. We're still on the Amber Heard thing? That's Got awesome. it in. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. How Fair. many how many memes and, and things that I send you, Don? Like there is, 20? Yeah. There, <laughs> yeah. There's you, you no know, end to the Amber you, you, you know, but, but the thing is, it, it, the more that comes out, the more it just sounds like they're just both horrible people. They're horrible well, people, but this trial will well, never end. It's like the OJ thing. It's never going to end. Yeah. I will say this. I think after not watching the trial, watching people's reactions on social media, I feel like her career is over and he's going to have another uh, chance. Because he's, he's a man. He's also Johnny Depp. No, he didn't shit in her bed. Well, he was he was having talks with Robert Downey about Sherlock Holmes three, from what I read. He'll get something. He's too charismatic. People love him. Amber Heard uh, is going through a PR nightmare right now, and as horrible as Johnny Depp is, he's still that acceptable Hollywood level of horrible. She also she also pooped in his bed. That's a lot harder to overcome. <laughs> right. Four point five million signatures to get her out of that movie, and she wasn't even barely in it. That's 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 the best part. Yeah, but get her get her all the way out. She's awful. It's oh. like yeah, it's not like she's good, right? No, like, she she was awful in the Rum Diaries. I, I hate her in every role she's in. She had a cute face in the, what was it? Not Mean Girls. What was that girl like Mean Girls spinoff thing that it was? I don't even remember what it was. She was in it, and she was she was cute in that, but not cute enough to justify the crazy. No. Speaking of crazy, what's going to say? Speaking of shitting the bed. Well, let's do uh, some social media madness. No, crazy was oh, better. Damn it, I tried. I'm lactose intolerant, dude. I'm trying soy. Give me a break. <laughs> Tell me I didn't miss this crap. Jesus. <laughs> uh. Okay, we talked about Moon Knight and such. <sighs> so, so last week 
we all went on a tirade about Netflix getting rid of their animation. John, especially. Oh, someone finally let him know. That's a good yeah. thing. I, I had to put that out on Twitter. Like somebody better let John know that they're they're halting all <laughs> animation on Netflix. I had multiple notes, lots um, of pages of notes. <laughs> which to which Drew C said, I feel like there's an opportunity for Sony and Netflix to merge and give Sony a streaming service that they are they are solely lacking and netflix gets big budget studio to improve their learned movies wow i did, i don't know that sony would be the best excuse me are we pretending crackle doesn't exist right now they pretend crackle doesn't exist they pretend crackle doesn't exist <laughs> right yeah poor brian michael bendis powers television show super mansion was was the only thing i've ever watched on crackle it was great and everything else i just blah Right, and then that ended up being on Cartoon Network for a while. So it was like, okay. Yep. I have a dumb question. Okay. I have, I'll have a dumb answer for you. When we say Netflix animation, are we talking about like, you know, because I, I think Castlevania, Voltron. Like seven Deadly Sins, any any type of thing like that. Like no, really that, good stuff. That, that that's, like. a, that's a whole nother debacle that they've had because. Debacle? Debacle, the debacle, debacle, you know. I respect it. <laughs> but but the, the, the problem with that is that they've been caught multiple times, like driving down the already obscenely low pay scale for the animators. So like, you know, Netflix has been trying to, you know, save some money on the side and they cost themselves a lot of future anime because of that. And, mm. and then, and then they fired all of their regular animation studio people. So I, I don't know what they, I, they, you know, it's just, they, they've been, they've been almost like oracles of, of how, how the whole streaming service would roll out. And they've kept, they've stayed ahead of it ever since the blockbuster days. And I think they finally just, it's all caught up to them. And now the monkey's paw is going to exact its revenge. Hmm. You know, the main thing I got from that is we do need to officially start the superhero speak drinking game every time john mispronounces a word you take a shot <laughs> i get it john don't worry i, I know i know i know joey's straight edge so he'll take some wheat grass yeah <laughs> give, me, give, me some, uh, give me some kale <laughs> and of course last week we reviewed dr strange and the multiverse of madness like every other good podcast on the planet to which our good friend timothy jones said I thought it was fantastic. Although I think they that they should have put Scarlet Witch in the title. One of my favorite parts was when Black Bolt said a mouthful. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> well, good joke. And actually gonna be working with Mr. Timothy on some voiceover stuff, but let me just tell you, I laughed when I saw Black Bolt kill himself. I, as an X-Men fan, hate the inhumans. And watch him out. I was, as soon as that happened, when I was in the theater, like you can ask my brother, I was like, good, fuck you. My boat has uh, always just been a complete waste in almost every fight, right? Like uh, almost every time he's gotten, he's gotten. Universe X. Thanos wasted him. Like it was. The first two times he fought the Hulk were great fights. I really appreciated those fights. But 
Yeah, once once Hulk landed on the moon and kind of ended his day, that was yeah, that was it Black for my Bolt, respect for Black Bolt. Yeah, yeah, Black Bolt makes some like critical errors, and I probably even said this on the show before because it's one of my favorite things. Is you know at the start of the um, X Men verse in humans, like the X Men get him off rip because he was foolish enough to try and use his power against Emma Frost when Emma Frost was projecting herself as Dazzler. So he just shoots all this sound at Dazzler, who's like, ha, 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 boom. And like, boom, X-Men have the leader in humans, first issue. So Black Bolt is cool. I like him in Earth-X at least, but I hate Inhumans in general, and he makes really foolish decisions. So I love to hate him because, again, he's in humans. So... Well, uh, well, first off, don't forget to check out Sour Grapes and Fighter newspapers across the country. But speaking of Black Bolt, our good friend Random Randy Savage said, I feel for my man here. And it was a, it's a gif of the guy who played Black Bolt in the TV series. I was happy to see him in the Multiverse of Madness. Just, just means in Universe 838, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.s exist. <laughs> Hell yeah. After this movie, we can't say, trust Joey, what their do you numbering. Think? You're the big uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan here. Any Anything to get me more Agent Simmons, I'm down. So whatever it takes. You know? it's Wanda did nothing wrong. No? Nothing? No, nothing. Except for, oh, okay. except for the whole mass murder <laughs> thing. Well, that's a funny thing, because I've seen people really upset about her portrayal in this movie. And oh, I don't yeah. quite get that, because even in the recent comics, like, well not after trial of magneto but up until then like the scarlet witch was the boogeyman of krakoa like because of all she you know all the mutants she killed and then she tried to resurrect millions of mutants from denosha and ended up raising up million of mutant zombies so like she is a boogeyman in the comics so them using her as an awesome unstoppable boogeyman in this movie i thought was great but a lot of people are complaining about a lot of scarlet witch fans one that i used to yes let me tell you about a little show called game of thrones where they spent (laughs) eight seasons setting up this woman to go absolutely banana pants and she showed she showed it every season she went further and further and further into a spiral of madness but she's very pretty so we let it go (laughs) right we don't like to boo pretty girls if they're hideous, we boo them. But that's, even though that's why Wanda we boo is, Amber Heard, that, that, this is why it's a surprise. <laughs> Ooh. Like, like this is the thing. Like nobody likes the heel turn from the pretty girl, even though it makes yeah. complete sense and they explained it. And if you watch WandaVision, like this, the next step was like, oh yeah, it's right there. She's clearly going to lose her mind. But mm-hmm. we don't like it. Yes. Oh, less reply to Randy Savage said, it almost makes me want to watch all eight episodes of Inhumans. Inhumans, I think it's on Disney Plus. Ray, you replied with, "Oh, it's there, all right." And Amen replied, "It was terrible. Black Bolt was beat up by Hawaii beat cops." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that show is yep. real bad. I'm sorry. When they cut Medusa's hair in the first episode, I'm like, "I'm out." <laughs> Sounds like something we should be reviewing or reacting to at some point here. Look, man, the Mint Mobile Marathon is one thing. Do not pull me into Inhumans. Don't do it, man. <laughs> You're quick. I'll quit the show. <laughs> I revel in how awful that is. I just hate the Inhumans. I'm incredibly biased. You already hate the Inhumans, and then the show is just terrible. I love the Inhumans, and the show is god-awful. Then I'm saying that is a big Inhumans guy. So, hey, man, it exists. Like I said on Twitter, it exists. That's all I got for you. That's it. Don't watch that. 
So, um, don't, don't. Let me reiterate. <laughs> do not. <laughs> All right. We'll see. We'll see once we get past Green Lantern. What happens. Do not. Uh, Animated <laughs> hair is so entertaining. Give it a try. Well, we had talked about the Wonder Twins um, and whether or not the show was going to be created, to which Tiberius Garokas. That's a cool name. I don't care who you are. Okay, said, so uh, we're going to continue on with the superhero speak uh, drinking game. Every time Dave butchers somebody's uh, Twitter handle, we take a drink. I don't have God, enough gonna, alcohol for that. Sorry. You're gonna, <laughs> I, get a keg. Even uh, even my Irish jeans would, would shy away from that G-R-A-C-C. Gracchus. Gracchus? Gracchus. Anyway, four things to consider, he says. Wonder Twins suck. They were created by camp hero Norman Manor. To more what more more oh, there's no end you're right i'm too far away from the screen who helped revive i'm already drunk in the three stooges i'm already drunk <laughs> gleek already sucks uh, gleek really sucks the wonder twins episode of teen titans go was hysterical oh god gleek is the snarf of of the super friends like oh my god <laughs> so i'm next here <laughs> oh my god <laughs> So yes, I don't think anyone wants the Wonder Twins movie. Jeff except for Jones. maybe JD. Oh, Jeff David, <laughs> it'll be headed by David fucking Goyer. They'll kill each other. They'll kill people. Gleet will be eating faces. It'll be awful. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do it again. Okay. Okay. Scribbity post. I could say scribbity. That worked. Of course, we talked about the Batman sequel was greenlit, which to which Scribbity post said, excited isn't the word I'd use. The first one wasn't the first one wasn't good, so I can only guess how the second one is going to turn out. Yeah. Okay. So I disagree. I was the second like, Batman in the so series. Many people, is like, always it's funny. Like good. I've mm. the majority of people seem to like it, but there definitely seems to be people on the other side of the fence who hate this movie. They're the ones with weak bladders. Except Joe, you're being quiet, <laughs> but you like I'm, the movie. I'm right? on the, fence. The, the 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 Batman. Yeah. It was okay, I guess. It was okay. Right. okay. That's no, really. That's I, I was, how I feel. I, I think too. it was just overhyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just overhyped. Like I, leading up to it, people were saying it was like uh, best picture contender this year. Like it was going to be the best thing you've ever seen in your life. Like this is the greatest superhero movie, the best Batman True. movie ever made. I can't. I'm so happy about the, the one that kills me the most is, and it was okay. I mean, it was fine. It was long. There was a lot of talking. Um, the thing that kills me the most about it is people are like, oh detective batman is a detective in this movie oh i love batman detective and i'm like what did, what detecting did he do he like walked around some crime scenes while police officers were collecting evidence and every riddle he was handled he solved in 30 seconds within of somebody telling it to him anybody um, that says right. that i do remember you that saying batman that is the, sorry dave go ahead no, no, I, I now remember Joey's review. Like, yeah, yeah was, I just, he, I, I just, I, like, they, they I, didn't show him okay. struggling to figure things out. He just like got no. them right away. Yeah. Well, Alfred it, it, figured it, it out, or yeah, the wandering comp, or... he, he spocked it yeah. real quick. But anybody that says that Batman is their favorite detective, they love Detective Batman. Name me one crime or one mystery that he solved besides Hush and the Poison Fish from Bill Finger's Run. What, 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 what crime? What, what great mystery did Batman ever solve? By just using Catwoman, selling, Catwoman. selling DC comics. <laughs> <laughs> you you were in do. Detective Comics for eighty-five years, mm-hmm. and tell me one mystery that was so elaborate. So I call those people out on that bullshit. 
I'm not a big Batman guy, so I couldn't tell you, but ugh, I don't know. Right, because he even gets it. He even gets it wrong in the long Halloween. Yeah, wrong Halloween. I would say Hush. What I think was probably his biggest mystery that he ever solved. Right. Did he actually? Even, that even fooled us. Did he actually solve the mystery of Hush? I don't even remember. Like Hush kind of revealed. Like it doesn't Hush kind of reveal everything, and then yeah. he reveals yeah. that it's Riddler behind everything. Like I, I do kind of think the whole Batman is the world's greatest detective is more something we say than something we see. But I think that's more the writers are more interested in writing like these action stories rather than like actual mysteries and yeah, more right? even more so with the movies because you don't want a movie where like people aren't going there for miss marple they're going for batman so what court of court of owls i think was another mystery i think that was another one. Oh uh, yeah yeah the one where he finds out that there's been a, a a a huge cabal of people running gotham underneath his nose for decades right <laughs> yes once again the world's greatest detective yes and he stumbles, stumbles on it by accident oh I think some of his villains are bigger detectives than he is when they figure out who he is. Yeah. yeah. Catwoman is a better detective than Batman. Hmm. That's sad. <laughs> That's bad sad. All right. And then the last two tweets we have here, these were from Drew C again. The first one talking about the uh, Fantastic Four. I like John Krasinski to direct and star, but Katie Coco, as Seuss, she's... Uh, Brought okay. a lot into HBO's Harley Quinn. Ah, I, I disagree with that. Yeah. Can I give you an unpopular take? Probably. I didn't think John Krasinski mm-hmm. was that great of a Reed Richards. I really didn't. And I'm kind of happy that we probably, because they shot, you know, they shot their shot in this movie with him. No. I don't think we're going to see him again. I disagree. <clears throat> I disagree with that. Take. No, I, I love the beard. I love the beard on him. <laughs> we we know well, he can well, act, though. He's we way he too nice. I no, don't know. He just on, there already, there's already rumors. I haven't seen anything confirmed, but there's already uh, talk that he is going to be the Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four mm. movie in 2024. They could have done a lot uh, worse. I'm not saying he's horrible. We I'm talked about this on the like, show. Is zipped it, in. it was it's his hubris and that is reed richards he's very egotistical that's what killed him in oh, that movie. i agree like, i agree i think it worked perfectly i just saw jim maybe i'm too into the office i don't know have you I seen really anything did. else presents he's been in besides have you watched the uh the jack reacher show on amazon right. yeah, the jack yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. even, even that yeah i'm ruined by that i just see jim with it like okay yeah, it's probably just me. Like I said, unpopular piece. Quiet I'll go against really the tide. But yeah, quiet place. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing he said was, I have a recommendation for John. Yep. DC Superheroes Girls on Netflix from Lauren Faust. I think he'd enjoy it. I've Lauren never watched Fa- that. Lauren Faust is amazing. And I, yeah, I, she, everything, almost everything she does turns to gold. So come on, I don't watch that. that. That's for little kids. Don't watch that. I don't know. You You're know, talking like, to the guy that defended right. My Little Pony. <laughs> right, Brony. It's for like four-year-old girls. Don't watch Yeah, but, much. you know, there's a difference between... There's going to be a van parked outside your house. Like, even <laughs> even, even there Dave... There already is, is guys, why he needs a new driveway. Even even Dave is going to defend Teen Titans Go because it has a, a, a much deeper, you know, script than you'd normally think. They're doing Dave. a lot of jokes that, that only Dave. you guys would get. You know, not not some. There will be no Titans Go blasphemy on the show. What's that? I said there will be no Teen Titans Go blasphemy on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. But the, the, the thing is, like, you know, there's there's a difference between really little kid stuff and then some of these shows that 
you know, they, they pull the old um, Looney Tunes thing where you're watching the show and there's literally two ways to watch it. One when you're young and one when you're older. And there's a lot of stuff that goes over your head and, and you know, you know, Generation Four, My Little Pony, the, some of these other shows, they just, you know, they've got a script that they touch on. They even touch on some subjects that you, you don't expect a little kid to get. But as an adult, you're saying they're going, okay, I get it. And they're hysterical. So, you know, another, another thing was, was it Justice League Action, which was the, mm-hmm. their, their Teen Titans Go? That script turned out to be, I mean, they did one show or two shows on Booster Gold that put so much depth into his character to make you actually care about him. Like, if you find gold, if you dig a little in some of these. Booster Gold. All right. Yeah. <laughs> love Booster Gold. Absolutely love that character. Yeah, that, you all... got to see the episode of Justice League Action with him because it just makes him out to be the actual superhero he is. And then you watch the death battle between him and Cable and watch him just mess Cable up. Well, that is all the social media madness for this week. So if you want to know how you can follow us on social media and be part of social media madness, here's our good friend D Square to tell you more. I know that guy. (laughs) JD's muted. JD's muted. (laughs) Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there... You can check out old episodes of the podcast, as well as some other great content. Check the site often, because we are posting some great comic reviews, as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter, at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's Back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. <laughs> All right, thanks for that, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Love. Oh, wait, I don't need to say that. You're here. Don, why don't you post the Omega Love? Why don't you shout out your podcast while you're here? Yeah, absolutely. Go on YouTube there. Search Omega Level Nerds. You can go on Twitter. Follow us at Omega Level Nerds. You can follow the link there to our YouTube page. So give us a look-see. See if you enjoy it. And me personally, uh, at D-Square72. Check me out. And Ray, what about the uh, Gorilla Brain while you're here? How, give us a good plug. A good plug? You're looking, at, <laughs> you're looking at the wrong guy. Joey's the professional here. I wing oh, it. God. You can catch Gorilla Brain Podcast on any podcasting platform that's out there. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever you call it nowadays. iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can also catch me on uh, Twitter, at Gorilla Brain Pod. Instagram, at Gorilla Brain Podcast. And yeah, that's about it. That's about it. All right, Joey. Professional time. Show us how oh, professional man. does it. So is her podcast. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, sowizardpodcast.com is the hub for everything. There's links there to all our social media, all our YouTube content, Patreon content, and the weekly podcast. We are uh, four nerds with a uh, weekly podcast and a YouTube about movies and other pop culture stuff. So uh, check it out, sowizardpodcast.com. <laughs> and support them on YouTube.
guys. Seriously, go and subscribe and like and uh, share and heart and comment. And TikTok. And TikTok. TikTok. Right. That's that's the new TikTok is the new thing. So we yes. weren't gonna have a TikTok. And then Aubrey said she was gonna do the TikTok because she's half me and Mark's age. So we felt that was <laughs> you know comfortable um to do have her do the TikToks. Um, but she doesn't like to be on camera and she didn't really know what to do. So then it just kind of languishing there. And I was using it to just follow like e-thoughts and like cosplayers and stuff. <laughs> that's what as, TikTok is for, sir. As you are want to do. Mm. And I, you know, I have a couple friends. Uh, well, we all know Cult 45. They've been killing it on there. Mm-hmm. My friend uh, Mick from Scene Snobs, killing it on there. And I'm like, man, I got, I got to get on this. I got to do something. So, yeah, I'm starting to pick it up on there now too. We get a lot of screeners for movies, uh, and Adam is just deluged with them. And I'm like, just send them over to me, and I'll do one minute reviews on TikTok after I watch them. So I think that's kind of where we're we're moving those to all those weird direct-to-video horror screeners and stuff that we get. We'll be reviewing those on TikToks. And it's the only place we can see you floss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lots of twerking. It's in yeah. my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of twerking. So. Mm-hmm. I watch it every morning. Gets all me right. motivated for the day. All right, now John and JD, whatever you pro- it takes. Hashtag whatever it takes. You plug whatever. our podcast. Oh wait. All right. <laughs> Superhero speak. Here we are. Already listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we're going to take a commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. After these messages. Okay. (laughs) Oh, does anybody want to tell me why all last week it gave me erectile dysfunction pills? Every commercial. Targeted. It's targeted advertising, man. It's targeted advertising. It's targeted at the wrong guy, brother. This thing works. It it would play like the same like car dealership commercial like three times in a row. And is your car (laughs) busted? Because my penis isn't busted. My car is is a sloppy jalopy, but it was just weird. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what you're searching for, Ray. Yep. (laughs) All right. We're back. We got a little bit of news. Stuff we didn't get to last week. We'll just go over real quick. I'm going to start with the trailer for Weird came out the weird al yankovic movie it's out of total right i thought it was out of total left field i heard something about dan radcliffe doing this movie and i'm like ah, come on they're, they're not gonna do that and yeah <laughs> it's a thing it's a thing like elton john i get it queen i get it weird al yankovic not too sure I will not stand for such blasphemy sir <laughs> thank you i i'm i'm with you i'm white and nerdy you know I, I wasn't that. Let's Amish go back paradise. farther. Where in in the song "My Yoda," he predicts that Mark Hamill will be playing Luke Skywalker till he's old and gray. What happened, sir? <laughs> he played Luke Skywalker till he was old and gray. No, I Weird Al is awesome, and I can't believe he. And I live in I live near Cleveland, so I cannot believe he's not he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I musically, I think he's one of the most talented people on the face of the planet. And I don't know. I just love Weird Al, and I can't wait to see this movie. He's, Daniel Radcliffe, a little weird choice, but I'm going to be open. He's He's got Lady Gaga levels of talent. Like, if you look at Lady Gaga's background, she's, she's like, graduated from, like, every top-tier university for, for this stuff. She knows more about music than basically any other five people put together on the planet. Like... Weird Al is so underrated, it's unbelievable because the just just the sheer range that he's got and mm-hmm. and and he's one of the best rappers out there. 
and the yeah, longevity, he dude. Is. He's been around for like what 35 years, man. He's been around since mm-hmm. the late and, 80s. And Dr. Demento with with accordion case, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and he's he's one of the most genuinely nice people you've ever met. There's he's never had not even a hint or a whiff of any kind of you know controversy, problem. nothing. Yeah, no, none. He's at shit, all. no beds. So so here's a question. Here's a question. <laughs> How do you make a movie about that guy? I well, they made a movie about Howard Stern. You can make a movie about Howard Stern. Makes anyone interesting? Howard Stern was controversial. Yeah, but the whole the whole thing about Weird Al Yankovic is is it's just fun to watch a guy like that make it so well. And and he's been an entertainer all of his life. Everything he's done is entertaining. Look at UHF. I'm not arguing. Oh yeah, I'm not arguing any of that. I'm just saying, how do you make that story of a genuinely nice guy? Who stayed out of trouble? Who uh, everybody likes? How do you Dude. make that a movie? Because that's weird what makes me it. interested in it. That's well, what makes do, me interested in it. Because I have he, something in there. Yeah, what has he done that's not interesting? Do you <laughs> know how you do it? And I feel I have a feeling watching the trailer. That's what this is going to be. You do a parody of those kinds of movies. Yeah, that, and no, you get someone funny. like Dan Radcliffe to play yourself, and that. the movie is going to be a big joke. Like that's, I think that's that where we're going. It is also free, so I don't know what the expectations for this are. They're not right. even charging for it, which is interesting. I'm excited. I like, I love Weird Al, so I mean, yeah. I'll, I'm all in. Come on, he, he was on the Transformers the movie soundtrack. Come on, right? Dare to be stupid. Oh, he was great. on Aquabat Super Show. He's he's great. Have you ever seen? Have you ever gone YouTube? There's a video CNR. You, you, you got to look at it like he's done stuff that's gone under the radar completely. And mm-hmm. CNR is one of those things you have to you have to look at the uh, on YouTube. It's got, just look for Weird Al CNR. And he was be at, he was at Rhode Island Comic Con a few years ago. And I went to the panel and they had Q&A with his fans. And the place was just absolutely packed balls to walls. And, and he's it's a saint. He's literally like the most patient, nice person. His fans are are weird. So, you know, he. <laughs> You know, he was polite and just super nice to everybody. I, like the dude, just awesome. I've loved him since I was a little kid. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this, even if it's just boring. I don't care. It's, it's, I just want to support it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we're all in then. I'm with you, except for Ray. No, I'm in. Yep. No, I, I just got to figure out how to. I just got to figure out how to watch Roku channel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh God. Uh, you don't have a Roku. No, I have a fire stick, so I'll be all uh, set. Yo ho, me heart. Maybe they'll put it on the UHM <laughs> channels. <laughs> yeah. Does USA Michael still Richards have a before channel? he was racist. <laughs> Wait, you, I think you, they do. Do they? USA? Yeah, it's still a channel. They wrestling. Yeah, they still I, haven't had, had, I haven't had cable in like six years. I don't <laughs> fucking know. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, I had to include this next story because we've been talking about it so much. NBC has a uh, greenlit the series. Quantum Leap, the reboot. They did pick it up for series at this point. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the Quantum Leap reboot starring Raymond Lee that Scott Bakula apparently is not involved with, which I don't know. Well, he never made it home, so. (laughs) It's a shame, though. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. I think he's going to show up at some point. And they're trying to keep it under wraps. I I don't think you can do it without him. I think they're trying to keep stuff like him. I I don't don't think anybody's digging up spoilers on Quantum Leap. Like, no, they're, they're no, not stalking it, the set. It's not a Marvel movie. But here's the thing, though. If you say Scott Beckett's involved, people are going to assume it's a Sam Beckett show. And when it's not about Sam Beckett, people are going to be like, why isn't it about Sam Beckett? So you say he's not involved. You make it about the new guy. 
and then eventually you can bring in Dr. Sam for a one-off or whatever. So what you're saying, though, is now is the time to get all my Innovation Comics Quantum Leap series CGC'd immediately and ready to flip on eBay. <laughs> yeah. You could do that. There's a sucker born every minute. Yes. Yeah. And, and key comic really... collectors app here i come <laughs> i think this is the first show we've talked about in a long time that's gonna be on network television true the cw is not network which means i'll never see it oh that's true cw is barely network tv especially, network. After what especially after what they've done this week yeah wait what did they do this week cancel just about cancel everything like everything oh well that was yeah that was and, that was and green a bad and greenlit a bad bat that's gonna be based around the video game like the video game is like the feeder to bring in viewers it's crazy oh the gotham Gotham knights video game yeah that that's supposed to drive in viewers but they canceled the xbox one and ps4 releases it's it's only next gen i thought that was just the dumbest thing ever yeah that's the way to to build up an audience well that's gonna isolate a lot of people a lot of people don't have you know xbox one or you know whatever the new one's called x series x whatever and the ps5 like there's still a shortage that's the dumbest thing ever especially you know if you want to kill your revenue i mean well fuck, what are we talking about guys it's dc mm-hmm. <laughs> warner. it's warner, <laughs> warner. David, fucking, David fucking goyer i'm out warner brothers i was surprised they didn't i surprised they didn't renew naomi for how boring that show was because they loved the piss money away so they're canceling stuff i forgot they right. made that show yeah yeah was that on hbo max no, it was on CW. I couldn't make it past halfway through the second episode. I just gave up. No, I don't. Yeah, geez, I don't even remember that at all. Which is longer than I lasted on Batwoman. So I guess that's that says something. <laughs> that's a damn well. shame because I, you know, you guys talked about it last week, and I, you know, or, or the week I wasn't here, Batwoman, and I absolutely loved Katie Kane. Like I love that character. Yeah, but they butchered the shit out of her. Yeah. Yep. Because they reduced to... her to an identity instead of a character. And... Yeah, they, they really tried to wokenize her, and it just sucked. It just, <sighs> I mean, it's great for representation or whatever, but as a character, true to the comic, not even close. Yeah, well, and, and it, close. Didn't, it didn't work. The, the actor was miserable in the role, and it kind of yeah. came across in the performance. And the whole thing was a good idea on paper, but just poorly executed all the way around. Yep. Well, speaking of DC and poorly executing things, and possibly making mistakes so uh we don't normally talk about movies doing reshoots because movies do reshoots all the time however they did delay black adam and now it's been uh confirmed part of the reason for the delay was reshoots the wayne johnson came out and has has said that and released a thing on instagram with he's another picture of him in the suit and all this stuff so i'm kind of curious if anyone has i have a theory and i'm kind of curious what you guys think that maybe this has something to do with separating themselves from the dceu creating a, t- a timeline that's not related to that at all especially trying to get away from ezra miller and anything that might be related to that flash no mm. i don't know no I mean, it would be I... consistent with the announcement that they are gonna focus on standalone stuff mm-hmm. my dis my biggest disappointment with this whole thing is i went from like oh my god it's gonna be so cool rock's gonna be black adam now I don't care. Am I the only one that's seen too much of The Rock and this movie was supposed to be out two years ago that I'm just, my excitement level that was very high for this is just like, pfft. what, like yeah. the Shazam sequel? They mismatched Did that ever come they out? mismanaged it. No. No. I don't even think they gave us a release I didn't date. even remember. Like, the Justice even... Society is supposed to be in this movie. That's going to be fucking cool. But like, just my level of caring is dropping. Justice Society was already in... What, what, what was that show called? Smallville. Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. There's your. 
There's your Justice Society. Was that in the episode where they had to like get Obama to the prom or like whatever ridiculous George Lucas was getting beat up by people in an alley or something? Justice Holy Society shit, did I leave in... that show at the right time? Star, if that's Star, Justice Star Society was in Stargirl. Star yeah, Stargirl. And I think they did her right. I think they did yeah. them right in that, but they killed them all off. But that's not the I mean, as long as The Rock's not in a button-up shirt in a jungle, I think it's a step in the right direction. There's going to be a jungle. Though. There's going to be, be a jungle. Yeah. It's it's jungle. Established. <laughs> there will be a rock jungle scene. Everything they've shown looks cool. Uh, I think they showed some footage of, like, Hawkman. Everything looks cool. I mean, it's, it's just... I agree with you guys. It feels like this has been coming out forever. We haven't seen the trailers. So it's it hasn't hit uh, Top Gun level. So, like, Top Gun kept and Morbius kept getting pushed back so much that I saw the trailers so much to the point where now it's like a meme when we go to the movies. As soon as a trailer, green, the green trailer comes up, me and the two kids, and if my daughter's boyfriend's there, all four of us go, good morning, aviators. Because we just expect <laughs> we're going to see that goddamn trailer again. Well, I mean, you know, New Mutants came out, so they had to replace that That's you right. know, meme with something. I feel like I've seen that Top Gun trailer a hundred times, oh and I'm not God. even interested. And I'm how not did, even how does it have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Like, who did they pay off? The Chinese. Every, <laughs> every review says it's better than the original. I don't uh, even know quite how to. Listen, man, that. get some good fighter jet action going. I don't know, man. Geeks like me, it's just I, I just, cool. I can't, I can't reconcile someone that old still being in the the Navy pilot program. Like, no. Like, well, he's a Scientologist. Anything I was going to say, he's a maverick. <laughs> That's what happens when Flies you get rid of your feet of his pants, so. man. Do him and Velcomer play volleyball topless in this? That's all I need to know. Playing with the boys in the background, man. I'll be disappointed if they don't at this point. There is a beach volleyball scene in the trailer, so there, there has to be something. Is, like is that. it with Val Kilmer? When he's like no. totally shredded and like no, didn't drink any, he didn't drink anything Kilmer's, for like two days. Val Kilmer's bigger than me at this point, from yeah, what Val I understand. Kilmer's, say what yeah. you want about Val Kilmer, he's not shredded. Yeah, he's probably on cholesterol medication. Did he have cancer too? Did he just like beat about yeah. a cancer or something like yeah, that? I think so, yeah. yeah. Throat cancer was it? Was it? Is it? With Bruce, so. It was what Bruce Dickinson had, right? The throat cancer. Or was that Dave Mustaine? I think they both had it. Mustaine yeah, had it. Bruce Dickinson had it. Yeah. They both had it. Yeah. Yeah. The cunnilingus cancer, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I love Dave Mustaine. <laughs> yeah, so don't make fun of Al Comer, poor man, poor man. Yeah, the, his. I love uh, Val. There's there's a documentary about him on uh, Netflix called Val. It's about his life now. It's it's actually pretty freaking depressing. So I didn't finish it. It was it was rough. It was a rough watch. Is it is it like as depressing as like the Jake the Snake documentary? No, but I mean, it's 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 a pretty deep dive on like what's going on with him and how he feels. Um, he can't act anymore. He tries to do like Comic Con, like signing type stuff, and he feels like he's letting his fans down because the way he looks. And, oh, Brendan oh, Fraser came back. It was it. just depressing. I don't know. Well, Brendan Fraser didn't like talk like uh, Froggy, so you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember when he came back to acting. It was in a movie called Mine Hunters, and he looked fine. And then he yeah. took another couple of years off. And then it was in a movie, a horror movie called The Thaw, which was essentially like the thing yep. called The Thaw. And that was like a ghost yeah. house pictures. So, yeah, but he was like really chubby, like he had gained a lot of weight. It turns out it was the cancer. Yeah. It was the medications and all that that was mm -hmm. plumping him up. And yeah, I, I, I can understand. We love well, we you, have, Val. We have one last article to talk about. And, you know, Ray, you brought this to our attention. I think you kind of blamed 
this podcast for this new podcast that now exists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now there's a podcast called Batman Unburied by David S. Goyer. It's not David S. It's David fucking Goyer. You say it correctly, <laughs> sir. You said we talked about him too much. Now he's back with a podcast. We gave him relevance. We have all, we are all, except Joey. He is not. <laughs> but us as a group here. For the Mint Mobile Marathon and everything else that we talked about between Blade and everything else, we have resurrected David Goyer. I think Ray and I have made those jokes on Twitter for like the last two months. David David Goyer, Goyer. he is is trending because of this show. Yeah, (laughs) I I bear the weight of this responsibility. They know who he is in the middle of the Amazon because (laughs) of this show, okay? I think we need to apologize to the internet collectively then. Apologize to everyone. But it, hey, you know what? He beat Joe Rogan. Yes, that's the other thing that shocked me. He beat Joe Rogan. Like, because really? Of this podcast. It's impressive. We have impressive. such a reach that we have. <laughs> we do. This, this show yeah. has de- has dethroned Joe Rogan. Not Batman. Not David fucking Goy. Superhero speak. Reached all the way around. All the way. Balls too. So I think we need to get. David Goyer and Joe Rogan on this show. Shut David your Rogan. mouth. <laughs> what? A pox upon your house, sir. <laughs> Come on, we do some mushrooms on your house with, with Rogan. It'll be fun. <laughs> I mean, it's cool if we want to talk about weird, you know, liberal shit. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about fillers? <laughs> he doesn't talk about anything like he's like the most popular podcast in the world and he talks about nothing i give a shit about no he just gets really interesting people on his show yeah. and lets them go and he's oh, and he got the, elon must have smoked weed on a podcast exactly or talks he gets experts on aliens and has not a, a show about like yeah it's just anything it's just yeah, he also, I've, I've never yeah. listened to a single episode of that Me I, neither. Shaggy, I am obsessed with his bob lazar stuff i'm sorry like, too bob lazar his what Shaggy Two Dope from Insane Clown Posse has a podcast, and he is way more entertaining than Joe Rogan. I have to check that out. I'm a chug. All right. I've, I okay. That I think I have to listen to. I want to know what a is Shaggy the, uh, Two Dope podcast sounds like. Well, is it the no, search to figure great. out how magnets work? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, it's just Shaggy and and the the geek or the creep or whatever they call him, but they go back and forth. He's so entertaining. I couldn't believe it. Well, the other problem is Rogan's pushing like anti-vax shit and stuff. So, you know. Yeah, I, I like Joe Rogan on UFC, but that's about as, he, as far he, as it goes. Um, for me. I mean, if you look what look at his podcast before he got the deal with Spotify, he was way more authentic then than he is now. Now he just I've got a lot of money now. That, that yeah, that's that, the problem. That magnet joke is such a so wizard deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god. Anyway. That's it for the news Yay. before this the degrades into fighting or trying to defend Joe Rogan. Hey, w- <laughs> hey, Joe Rogan, where are you at on good pods? You ain't number one like old So Wizard over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take that one, establishment. Topping right, the charts right. with three listeners. Look we're out, good take, pods. <laughs> we're going to take our last commercial break. And we'll be right Please. back with our main topic. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, boys and girls. So we we talked about it shortly last week, but JD wanted to do a full-on tribute, and that's why we got all of our friends together this week 
for the great George Perez who passed away two weeks ago at this point. So I figured we would just have a quick, you know, conversation, talk about it. I mean, we're all comic book geeks here. We all have read his stuff and I'm just kind of curious. Like, so I had, a, I came up with just a couple questions as conversation starters. First one being, when did you first either become aware of, or what's the first thing that you remember reading that he was the artist on? I'm going to actually say that for me, I'll start off. The first thing I remember was obviously the infinity gauntlet, like that I knew he was the artist on and like, you know, loving that story and, and how it was done. But I, but oddly enough, it's not the first thing I ever read that he did before I knew who he was. Does anyone remember a little game called Sword Quest for the Atari no. 2600? No memory at all. I do know. I do. <laughs> John and I, the only old fogies here. No, no, I do. No, I know. No, I know. Okay. Atari 2600s. There, there were uh, <laughs> and three. I never them, won right? any of the treasures. But, yeah, I was going to say there were three games. Yeah, there were supposed to be four. They, uh, they the, never the, made good on those either. That was no, funny. they didn't. They right. had and, the, but they the, had the, the crowns made. They had them yeah. made, but they never distributed. Yes, because they never released the fourth game. But the whole thing is, the game was based on the stories in the comics. You had to read the comics to understand what you were doing in the games. Like, because there wasn't any instruction. You just went and played the game and ran around and fought stuff. And it's like, what am I doing? Good you old know? days. Yeah. So, and he was Before the penciler Navi. on the, those original comics that tied into those games. So, so let's, let's, let's go around. Let's start with our, our good friend, Joey. What's one of the first things you remember reading that he was the penciler on? Well, the very, very first uh, DC comic I ever bought in my entire life was uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths number six, mm. which he penciled famously. And it was amazing. You know, as a kid buying it off a spinner rack at Rowan's newsroom in downtown Hoyoke, Massachusetts, I, my only knowledge of DC was Super Friends. Yeah. He muted but, himself. Joey, you muted yourself. <laughs> I know I muted myself. I'm yelling at my son. Hold on. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. That is so relatable. That's relatable that content. Right 15 now. minutes ago. 15 minutes ago. The same thing. thing. People are making popcorn and slamming doors. My neighbor was riding around on a motocross bike earlier. It's... Anyway. All right. So Super Friends. Super Friends was the all I knew about DC. So and, and so the first comic I bought of DC was fucking Crisis with nine million characters and all oh these Earths and, and and it was issue six. So it's not like it was issue one where you right. jumped. I just jumped feet first. But the and the art was amazing. It was mind blowing how good the art of that was, even as a very very young child. So you know, and, and I've just followed his whole career since then. You know, but that that's Crisis is my favorite comic event ever maybe because i'm always going to be chasing that dragon because it was the first one i ever read but um yeah i, I just i've always loved crisis i reread it once a year i always have and it's just been my favorite that art is just astounding in it cool how about you ray i was the infinity gauntlet as a child would be the first thing that i actually remember seeing george perez but like you know joey said crisis you know that was later my my dad's friend who i called uncle weirdly enough he used to give me comics every time that we would see him, you know, and turns out he was this huge comic collector. Like he has all kinds of shit, but anyway, I'm hoping he dies. I mean, no, no, I didn't say that. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't say that. Sorry, uncle Jamie. Jesus. It got dark in here real quick. <laughs> Whoa. He's got pricey books in there, dude. That's all I'm saying. Okay. He's, so <laughs> Zack Snyder dark. So yeah. So I would get comics every time, every time we saw him, Christmas, birthdays, whatever. And crisis on infinite earth was one of the things he gifted me. And so that and Infinity Gauntlet 
Yeah. So, and, and let me just say this. Nobody does a full page spread like George Perez. Mm-hmm. Nobody. To handle that many characters, it was like a, it was like a Where's Waldo when you looked at the art. But then you look, you're like, oh my God, there's Penguin in the upper right-hand corner. There's, you know, Wonder Woman, Cheetah, you know, they're everywhere. Hell, he could have put Waldo in there too. You never know. (laughs) Only David Goyer. But then, you know, he he got better and better. You know, he did, you know, New Teen Titans and things like that Mm -hmm. with Wolfman. And it was incredible art. You know, he did the Judas contract. Come on, guys. The Judas contract. Yeah, that's that's one that I... I mean, the art, you know, Perez was, he evolved. And then he goes to Marvel and does Infinity Gauntlet. And it's just, it's beauty beyond beauty. There's not a page in Infinity Gauntlet that is bad. Not a cover that is bad. Even the simplistic cover for number three, where it's the come get me cover. It's so mm-hmm. simplistic. It's just Thanos in the middle of space. Come get me. It's awesome. And that's that's just what George Perez, he had the ability to push a story through art. And that's very rare in this medium because I look at, at the artwork nowadays and it's really not up to par, you know, yeah. the, the Jim Lee's and, and the George Perez's and the, they're, they're gone. Okay. It's more of a stylized look now, more fitting for kids. George Perez, he did art for all ages. Everyone can appreciate his art from ages one to 101. Perez was the man and it's just shitty that, you know, because we knew it was coming for a while and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it hit home, dude, because, you know, if it wasn't for Perez doing Infinity Gauntlet, I probably might have never picked up another comic. And that's depressing to think about. Now, my first comic was Silver Surfer 34. Ironically enough, first appearance of the Infinity Gauntlet. Right. Bought that off of not the spinner rack, a magazine rack at Drug City in Baltimore, Maryland in 1993, I believe. There you go, Joey. I got you on that one. There you go. We're losers. We can remember that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I remember where I was. But uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, man. Perez is legend. And I'm going to miss that, man, because he, he was a sweetheart. How about you, Don? Well, I'm not going to be able to give as good as a soliloquy as my buddy 8-Bit Ray did there. Mainly because George Perez, I'm a big X-Men guy. And so mm-hmm. he did about everything but. <laughs> um, he did X-Men covers. He he did he did yeah. but his major shit you've already mentioned the, the first thing I read of his was the Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff, and then obviously Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, I can still go into the comic shop today and see his covers, and it was the same back when I was collecting comics back in the '90s. You go into a comic shop and you see all the expensive comics, and you know again you see the Infinity Gauntlet, the Crisis on Infinite Earth, and. You know, again, I can only piggyback off what, you know, was already talked about those spreads with all those characters. You know, obviously, I review comic books for for the website there, Dave, and I can definitely attest. I mean, there's a lot to like about today's uh, art style and the comic books, but definitely when you see, you know, nine times out of 10, if you see a two page spread or even a one page spread with a whole lot of characters, you see a lot of detail loss. In, in, in a lot of areas, but with George's stuff, you know, in looking at it, it's, it still maintains a very consistent detail throughout. So, I mean, just a huge, huge pioneer as fact, you know, I, like I said, I had to kind of search my library of comics and I, I only have one George Perez, but it's kind of an interesting one. And I know this isn't a video podcast, but so there's Jurassic Park number one from 1993 yeah. tops. <laughs> nice. And it was, uh, you know, I'm not, anyway, George Perez was involved with that. And again, great art on that. 
and he just he, he does really tell the story with his artwork again i'm not a big dc guy so i wasn't exposed to his wonder woman stuff but oh, again yeah. the crisis the infinity gauntlet i mean let's face it he told a visual story so good that that was the first major story arc really that we see in the mcu was the infinity gauntlet and that's got a lot to do with what george perez brought to the table in in what we saw because i can attest i got into comic books because of how they looked how the mm -hmm. characters popped and made my mind just go crazy. And again, he's, you know, the foremost, I, I guess I would put Alex Ross on par with George. They're kind of probably the two best in my opinion, but for very different reasons. And again, he had a lot going on, but he can make it all very consistent and not lose detail. And yeah, that's, that's, that's difficult and to be respected. Cool. Yeah. And it's funny what you're saying too, about, being able to do the two page spreads and the detail, like that is something I've heard over and over again. It's like, Oh, if you want someone good on a team book or something with a lot of characters, you get George Perez to, to pencil it. That's the thing too, Dave, is that when you look at George Perez art, you know, it's George Perez art. Yes. You know, that's a Perez. He, he is a Picasso. You know what I mean? Because Man. the hands are done right. <laughs> the feet. In the feet, yes. Suck it, Liefeld. <laughs> let's, let's, let's leave Liefeld out of this. How about you, JD? So I started reading comics uh, with the boom, right? <clears throat> Probably like uh, summer 1990, so I'm 10 years old. And the first comic artist I can remember, like name, like like knowing who they were, are Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee, you know, Spider-Man and X-Men. Mm -hmm. And I remember about a year into being a fan, I'm at Cub Foods with my mom, and that's a grocery store in the, in the Midwest. And um, I always go look at the magazines and comics and there was this, the, the cover of infinity gauntlet number one, this striking black cover that with the images that are just popping from the screen. And it just, it looks so different than everything else on the market at the time. And then I look at the cover again, because again, I'm not reading like trade magazines or like that. So I don't know what's coming. Mm -hmm. And just this image you see everybody, right. The, what's like was typically the Perez style is this like super collage of all these different, characters and you see all the heavy hitters in the marvel universe right there and i didn't know who thanos was at the time but i see just this gigantic purple face in this glove and it's glowing and there's beams coming out of it and i just my 11 year old brain i'm like i have to have this right and <clears throat> i've been learning enough about comics where marvel cards real big at the time so i was collecting all the marvel cards and learning about the marvel universe through those cards and to get the infinity gauntlet was really like a great like sampler to everything Right. And it was my first experience reading an epic story. And the art was so like different a little bit. When I say this, this is the era of like the superstar artists, like the, 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 the image guys. Right. Mm -hmm. And George Perez is a star from a different era. So for me, like the, the, the previous decade. So for me at the time at 11, I didn't know who George Perez was, but I knew there was something different about his art. Right. And I didn't get into DC, his DC stuff till years later. But for me, the infinity gall, and especially that first issue, was really something that I'll never forget. And I remember being really disappointed as the series went on because like in my 11 year old brain, well, the art didn't, it wasn't as good at the end. It was because Ron Lim comes in to finish it. I think, I think Perez gets sick or something. So yeah. again, Ron Lim's a great artist, but I mean, like even my young brain could recognize that it wasn't as grandiose and it wasn't as special when George Perez left the series. So that is really kind of not my intro to Marvel universe, but like my, first experience on like the cosmic level of marvel like the greater 
the greater expansiveness of what the Marvel universe truly is. And it's kind of like, like Infinity Gauntlet's like Marvel's essential answer to the crisis, right? Because you got the whole, the whole gamut of characters against this big universal threat. Very similar, like in terms of where you're going with it. And like, that is something that I will always remember from him. That is my first taste of him is that specifically the cover. I had that poster up in my room for years of the cover for Infinity Gauntlet number one. And like, I will always think of, whenever I hear George Perez, I'll always think of that, just that cover. Yeah, no, definitely. And I got a story about that once we, but first, John, Mm. how about you? What's the first thing you remember? Well, you know, I come from the other side from DC. So like in the, in the eighties, I would get my comic books from like Walden books Mm -hmm. from the spinner in the front of the store. And, you know, Teen Titans is probably the first time I actually saw his work. Yeah. But the first time I actually knew his name was that one cover with Superman holding Supergirl, you know, and, dead, yeah. you know, cri- crisis in the nurse. And uh, yeah, that, that was, and, and, you know, I think at that point I picked up uh, Infinity Gauntlet too, because who didn't at that point? But yeah, that's the first time I actually knew his name. And yeah, you're right. His art is just very different from everything that was coming out at the time. And the detail, it, what got me is the detail because my OCD was like, you know, I locked right onto that. It's like, wow, you know, look at that. Everything's just like where it's supposed to be. And, and there's so many. And then, you know, you start to get the spreads, and the covers. And you're like, yeah, you're basically doing the, the Where's Waldo thing. Oh, my God, there's that guy. There's that guy. How do you fit? How do you how do you plan that out? You know, like right. that's got to be that had to have been his superpower. He just his mind probably just worked in such a way where he could see it before he started drawing it and could plan out where a hundred characters would be in one panel. It's a crazy or a spread or whatever. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. That's, that's a, it's a massive talent to have. So I'm curious teen Titans. I I can't remember. Is, is he the one that's responsible for disco nightwing? Yes. Yes. Okay. He he also had a hand in, in creating Starfire and Cyborg yeah. in DC Comics. Oh, yeah. And yeah. New Teen Titans. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And oh, rebooting Wonder Man twice, from what I remember. But yeah, he designed the, that original Nightwing costume. Well, <laughs> it was the seventies. Come on. He's just doing what he was told. Man. <laughs> I got a vision for you, George. Can you bring it to life? It got I need, better. I need though. go-go I mean, boots and a disco. <laughs> It, it did serve as a good base. I mean, the coloring was, you know, it, it worked out in the end, but yeah, it was the 70s. Um, but the, the that Infinity Gauntlet cover number one. So I don't know if my next question was if anyone ever got to meet him. And of course, with working at a lot of conventions, I got to meet him. And I'll never forget the first convention he was at that I was working. One of my jobs was to go down to the local art store and buy pick up a couple uh, sketch pads for him because anyone that has been to a convention, you know, like you go, go meet an artist, you get him to sign something or you get him to, to do a sketch. He's George Perez. You know, this is early or mid uh, aughts and he's already George Perez at this point, but he was only charging like $10 for a sketch at a convention. Everyone that was in line was getting a sketch for him. And the one that he did the most, was a sketch of that infinity gauntlet number one with the, the thanos face with the gauntlet in front of it with the beams coming off of the the the, the thing and 
that speaks to how sweet of a man he was and how much he loved his fans where everyone you know gets in line and everyone keeps asking for the same sketch instead of him going like oh i just drew that a hundred times he's like okay and he draws it again for the next guy you know and just over and over again i mean and of course there you intermix it there are people who wanted teen titans there are people who wanted other stuff that he did but or, or avengers sketch or whatever but that was like the most requested one and and yeah, he would draw it over and over and over again and go through stacks of sketchbooks at a convention. And he just had a line around the convention for people waiting. And usually a lot of times, if he, once he ran out of paper, that was it. Like he was done for the day. But yeah, such an amazing man. So just love talking to his fans, loved treating them right. Like Yeah, he's a definite talker. <laughs> he had a, he had a line when i had met george i think it was 2015 or 2016 i can never remember the year i think it was 2016 i met him and he had a line out the wazoo mm-hmm. now i didn't want sketches i didn't want anything but he looked at my book because i had met jim starlin earlier that day and had a fanboy moment and cried and he held me and it was beautiful but because <laughs> without jim starlin i'm not into comics period the end. Mm-hmm. so you know, I told him what it meant to me and all that. And then I go to George's table right after that. He looks down at my Infinity Gauntlet number one. Of course, we're going to talk about Infinity Gauntlet number one. But he looks down at the book and he sees that Jim signed it. And Jim drew a Thanner's face, a little tiny little, mm-hmm. you know, little note, you know, sketch, you know, in right. the corner. He goes, Jim, do this. I go, yes, sir. He get it. He said, today. I go, uh-huh. He goes, all right, well, while the ink is still fresh, so he signs the comic, right? But he goes off of Jim's J and right and kind of goes into his signature. So you can't tell that it's Jim Starlin's signature anymore because he's kind of going off of the letters. And then he and he goes, did he draw that Thanos face for you? I said, he sure did. And he goes, I'm going to do you one better. He goes on the other side where the Marvel logo and he draws another Thanos face. So I have two Thanos faces in my corners of my comics. It's, it's great. And you know, that he, he just thought it was the funniest shit ever. And and meanwhile, he has a line, but he's taking the time to, you know, to have some fun. You know, then that was the thing about George is that he just enjoyed fun. He had fun, man. I think I was like the 25th person in line and he sat and talked to everybody. Like there was only five people. in. Yes. And that's great. And I remember I tried to come back around because I had another one that I forgot I had in my bag. I had a Marvel fanfare number 10. It was a Black Widow cover he did. It's an all black one. She's got the dead body behind her and the skull is still smoking. It's a great cover. It's it's Perez. If you don't know what it is, look it up. You can Google it. But I came back around in line (laughs) and he goes, you're back again. I go, yep. He goes, you want me to draw another Thanos face for you? I go, no, no, not on Black Widow. (laughs) <laughs> but but this but the thing was the security guy or or the convention guys you know dave your people the nazis <laughs> the line nazis come on man come on you've already been through once man come on come on we got another we got a line going here and george is like i will wait until after these convention doors to talk to every one of my fans i don't yeah. care if they come through this line one time two times or five times i'm gonna talk to them each time that's awesome and that's george man and that's and that's why it hurt, man. When like when he died, like I felt that. Because most most of them will do the whole, you know, you pay five hundred bucks, you get to see them for three seconds while they snap a picture of you. Frank and, Miller. <laughs> yeah. Well, Haley Atwell was another one, but she didn't look too happy when she was doing it. And that's the last the last celebrity that I did that with because 
it wasn't fun. I didn't get to, I didn't get to say a word. They, they hustled you through the line after, after the photo I had, I had paid enough for the, the signature and, and they just pushed you through there. Like, you know, like toothpaste, it was ridiculous. So yeah. Anyone else ever meet him? Yeah. I met him at a con in New York city. This was pre New York comic con. So it must've been like 2002, maybe 2000. It was in at MSG and it was like a ton of creators. I remember it was like one of the first big comic cons I ever went to. We met Bendis there. We met Mark Bagley and then he was there signing too. And yeah, we went right up to his table there. He didn't have a line at the time. So me and uh, my friend Derek went right up to his table. We hung out with him and talked to him for like 15 minutes. We were like in pure awe um, trying to talk to this guy that we've like followed his work for a long time. And he's patient and polite and just the nicest person on earth. And you could just tell he was just happy to talk to his fans. Just an amazing experience meeting him. The only downside for me is that I, I brought the books that I had. And for some unknown reason, I had him sign Cross Gen Chronicles number two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I liked the cover a lot. I was really big into Cross Gen stuff at the time. So I got him to sign that. And then I got him to sign an issue of Avengers, the Busick Perez run of Avengers, one of those. Was that the Rebirth? And I'm glad that, what was that? Was that Rebirth? Or whatever it was, uh, like Heroes Marvel. Return, yeah, yeah it was yeah, Heroes, Heroes Return. Return. It's a cover with uh Firestar and Justice on it, and it's like them deciding if they're gonna quit or not. It's a really boring cover, so my choices of books were not very good, and that's always haunted me to this day. But meeting him was awesome, and I'm glad I have him. It's just like, man, I really wish I had gotten something besides like Crimson Plague number one signed, like. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was great. He was great. Uh, we were going to get stuff signed. He was supposed to have one last signing before he passed away. We had sent stuff into CGC, but it got canceled, unfortunately, because of his health. So right. I'll still have those books and cherish them. And yeah, I mean, it's like a broken record, but the guy was amazing. He was a great person to meet, super appreciative of his fans. So it was nice to, to meet him, shake his hand and, you know, just like Ray said, you know, tell him what his work meant to you. You know, it, it's always a great feeling to do that with creators. Yeah, I, 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 the twice I got pictures taken with him. Like it was funny. The first time I met him, I was just like in all of them, and I actually was working his table. That's why you know the notepad thing, and I noticed all of that. But it's funny because then, like at convention, different that he 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 would say hi. He was a, such a nice guy, and like he'd say, "Oh, can I get a picture real quick?" And like it's funny, he would put he would just come up to you and put your his arm around you that when you took mm-hmm. a picture. Like he didn't ask him to do that or anything. And he always did a thumbs up too in the pictures. But yeah, such a such a sweet man. Little known fact, I don't know how many people know this. If you've ever met him, he wears these like Hawaiian style shirts. Flamboyant these... as a motherfucker. Yes, yes. he was. <laughs> do you know his wife made all his shirts for him? Really? Oh really? Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think that she can give John some style? <laughs> uh, no. There's not enough style no. in the world for that. That's funny that you're like, oh, he put his arm around me, and that's so awesome. Like, there's something wrong with me, because I, 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 I wouldn't want that to happen. I don't know. Maybe people... I mean, would he, would he want the hand job? Like, <laughs> no. It, 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 call, you know, call me crazy, but it might be two years of a pandemic that might might be. Oh yeah, no. The, the pandemic has uh, proved something horrifying to me, which is we get a lot of each other's spit in our own mouths, oh, and that is something that. Are you kissing the creators? <laughs> yeah, it's a much, much different meet and greet than they ever been. How much are you paying for those tickets? <laughs> 
I'm just saying we're, we're, uh, we're humans. Let's go. <laughs> and I just I don't like human touch. I guess unless it's from the misses. I don't think I don't think the only huh, comic book creator I've ever kissed a comic book creator. I think Greg and I have come close a couple times. But anyway, that's another story. Too much alcohol. Hello. Uh, <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. That's what I say. Okay, learning a little too much about Don this week. Speaking yeah. of which, George Perez also did the Marvel swimsuit issues too. Ah, John's favorite. Those are those yeah. the ones I have on hand downstairs. <laughs> the X Men swimsuit editions. I remember those. Those yeah. were a little. Those were a little controversial back then. Because boobs, man. I remember Storm. She looks so good. Because I wasn't old enough to buy Playboy yet. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine them trying to do those today? Oh yeah, my god! I could. <laughs> I could. I don't uh, have you, the problem you, with it today. Back then, it was a big deal. Mortal yeah, Kombat was tame. a big deal back then. Yeah, but that would be tame today. I mean, they. Could I know not, that's what I'm saying. Play. Yeah. Back then, you know, Mortal Kombat. Oh my God! All the blood and violence. You look at it now, and it's like games today are just like blood yeah. splatter all over the all over the screen. Yeah. Yeah. We've come so far. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yep. All right. Let's see. Did I have anything else? No. I. That, yeah. They were the questions I had. You didn't. Uh, uh, you didn't bring up the, the the two people returning to Doctor Who for the 60th anniversary. That's true. We could have talked about that. And we could, we could talk. We could have talked about that. I mean, the person that I think mm-hmm. on this show that's most interested in that, David Tennant. David Tennant. David Tennant. Yes, <laughs> he's coming back as the tenth Doctor. They're bringing back. Oh, what was her Donna name? Donna Noble. Donna Noble too, and they're gonna have. They just announced that another actor is gonna play. For the new doctor, a companion yeah. named Rose, and everybody's like, "Wait, wait, what do you mean, Rose? There's going to be a second Rose, or is this the same Rose? Did she become a Time Lord? Is she got it? Like, it's there's a whole the bunch of that, interesting the things that's playing the Doctor, the new Doctor. What's that? Uh, they, they they announced the new Doctor too. I believe the guy's name is Shudi Gatwar. Like he's a, a sex ed. He's, that was his big show. Okay, uh, I never I've never watched him before, but uh, people who who seem to know him like his stuff, so should be interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know he's he's a person of color, so you know it's gonna it it's it's great. They're they're just picking good actors for Doctor Who now. It doesn't matter who what they are, and uh, you know that's how we got some of the best doctors we've ever had. So yeah, and and it's it's nice that Russell T Davies is coming back because the writing is going to be awesome now. Hopefully, well, it's going to be better than you know the last one. So. Uh, so, so you excited for Tenet to return for the 60th anniversary? Yeah, yeah. What about Smith and Capaldi and all them? Like, don't they they do that every once in a while? They have a bunch yeah. of doctors on. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a very old uh, tradition, though. Like you yeah. know, in the in the 60s and 70s, they did the two doctors, the five doctors. They had one, the three doctors. So they, every once in a while, they'll bring a bunch of them together. So you know, they've got time to bring the others back. Once in a while, this is Tenet's second time coming back, right? Mm-hmm. It's all very timey wimey. Yeah, but that's what <laughs> makes it fun. I only brought it up because it appeases some of your listeners, like uh, Random Randy Savage from the Call Forty Five podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I hate Doctor Who, so <laughs> yeah, I I never got into Doctor Who, and I've got the dumbest reason. It's because as a little kid, that intro just freaked me out. <laughs> you know what? It, <laughs> it's really funny that you say that because the reason the the main reason i don't like it is because when i was a little kid 
it was on PBS after mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. So I was probably like four. That's right. But even when I was that age, you know, I had just started watching like Star Wars and stuff. Even then I was like, what is this? This is whack. Like, what is this? Like some old guy in a scarf. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Made out of cardboard. Like this is trash. It's... And I always hated it. And then when it came back, a lot of the people in our area that were like proletizing for the new Doctor Who and how great it was were people that were super annoying that I knew. So immediately it was like, uh, I don't want anything yeah, to do with this. There's going to be some old guy in a scarf. Plus these people who suck. Like you're talking about yeah. it. I'm, I'm good. I wouldn't I do mind like Karen Gillen, it. though. So I whatever episode Karen Gillen's in like the police officer's skirt, I'll take that episode. <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching the show. I just don't know where to start. Where do you start? Well, obviously you start in the ni- in 1963. Okay, that's not complete. Uh, <laughs> they don't have all the episodes, so screw <laughs> that. Give me next. <laughs> you, start with you, the start with the new Doctor comes on because it's always a soft reboot. Yeah. So yeah. none of it's connected. Well, no, no it's, it's all connected. connected. It's, it's all connected, but it's a soft reboot. Like so, when when you get a new Doctor, he gets a new personality, and then you they you get comfortable with the Doctor for a little bit, and then they start reintroducing. His history and stuff like that. So you don't need 50 years of backstory. Let me put it in, in comic book ease. Because Stan Lee used to have that. Uh, some Everyone's comic could be someone's first comic. Or every comic could be someone's first comic. They kind of say like. some wh- One of the doctors is your first doctor. Like most people jump on when a new doctor comes in. And you know. They either love it or hate it. And then that be- becomes their doctor though. And then. Yeah. and then and Like Bond. That's yeah, true. Yeah, no, it's it's very true because like the first time I saw it, I just was flipping channels at my grandmother's house in I don't know early eighties, and I came across Tom Baker, the Fourth Doctor. I think the name of the episode was The Ark, and it was yeah, like like you said, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen because I hadn't hadn't been introduced to British cinema yet, you know, or that or that sense of humor, or it just it was it was weird, but it was interesting and. Every once in a while, I catch it again, and it took years before I I really could get my hands on. It. So, like, if you want to really start, you start with the Ninth Doctor. So, the one when Russell T Davies first rebooted the series in two thousand and five with Eggleston. So he he'd be the first one you'd want to start with because that that was really the the huge revival after a couple of years off because it it kind of it just lost, the writing got pretty bad and and it lost um, popularity. But it was just too good to to stay away. And then the Americans tried to reboot it, and we saw. So the British said, "Well, you know, hold hold our pint," and and brought it back themselves. <laughs> they right. did give us Eric. They did give us Eric Roberts as the master, though. It's true. Hold our pint and the fluoride that's obviously not in our water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, about, uh, what about the season three trailer for the boys? Did anybody get I a think, chance to watch that? I think we've all I given up on the boys. It. I haven't watched it yet. I, I try to stay away from trailers as much as possible, unless I gotcha. like maybe the first trailer for stuff. It's like a teaser or something. But you know, this is I think the second trailer for the boys. So at that point, I'm like, unless I it's the first one I saw. It. I think I there know. was like a like a, a teaser earlier, but I mean, I know I'm going to watch it anyway. So I'm yeah. all I'm doing is spoiling myself. Well, True. okay, Joe, you read the books, right? Yeah, a long okay. time ago, but yeah, yeah. So did Butcher get powers in the books? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the story does not seem to be following the books very much. So I, there's I a big that... twist in the books that I don't know if they're even going to attempt that in this because they have not set it up at all. So 
I, I don't think it's following much of the books besides I, taking like things here and there. So. I, I think in the books they had, they did take a formula that gave them like more durability so they could mm -hmm. interact with the, with the, the heroes or. Villains whoa, 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 whoa. Pretty sure. But in, injustice ripped that off? What's that? Injustice? Right? It ripped that off? What? It ripped off the boys? Injustice, the game. Uh, the uh, DC game. Where they took the the serum and they became like more durable and they could tangle. Oh, I who knows that that's kind of I mean maybe, but it's DC. but they but I don't remember them ever getting superpowers like you know like what they're gonna do in the third. Well, it was, right. they, no, they made it they made it so it made sense that Harley Quinn could fight Superman, right? Um, serum and things like but, that. But yeah, one of the things that's what bothered me. Like I didn't really like season two, and then this idea of like, oh well. I like the premise, like these non-powered people going against the the superheroes, kind of like the little guy against the corporation kind of an analogy. And now it's like, okay, well now they have power, and it's like, oh well, then it's not interesting anymore. So. Well, I trust, I trust him. I liked the first two seasons, and I really, I liked a, most of the animated show. So at this point, I feel like they've earned the right for me to at least check out season three, and hopefully it'll be good. Mm -hmm. All right. The animated show is awesome. If you haven't watched it, it's like 15 minute vignettes about things in the world of the boys. And there, there's some good stuff in there. It's some really funny stuff in there. It's actually on my list. I just haven't caught up to it yet. But I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's an episode of Aquafina that is, I was, my mouth was agape that this was allowed on television and it's hilarious. And awesome. Okay. <laughs> and it's got All Aquafina right. in it. I think that might be a good place to put in a, pinning it for this week so let's go around um with our new thing you can either do a recommendation or what did you learn on the podcast this week which i think is more important but you know you guys don't like doing that <laughs> and of course our guests can plug their shows one more time so we'll start with our good friend joey yeah uh, so wizard podcast weekly podcast movie reviews tv reviews nerdy stuff we got our youtube channel with Tons of other content as well, comic reviews, more movie reviews, interviews, all sorts of crazy stuff. Just go to SoWizardPodcast.com. You'll find everything there, and you'll be happy, and we'll be happy. So that'll be cool. Thank you for having me on. My recommendation, DC Comics, World's Finest. So far, we get two issues out. Mark Wade writing. Cannot remember the artist off the top of my head, but I've been reviewing comics now for about six weeks. Uh, yeah. I've just been buying books and checking them out. And that book is amazing. Uh, five out of five. Uh, just bang up everything you want from comics. Big widescreen action, barely any continuity to get wrapped up in. Lots of fun and cool characters. So World's Finest by DC. Please buy that off the rack. Get Keep that book going. We need we need more books like that. Much less like Amazing Spider-Man. So. Okay. Cool. Ray? I learned that you do not need to watch every single episode of Doctor Who to get it. <laughs> no one ever told me in 20 some odd years that I've known about Doctor Who. No one told me. So thank you guys. My recommendation is going to be, and of course, you know, if you follow my Twitter at Gorilla Brain Pod, by the way, then you would know that I've been playing Evil Dead like crap, uh, like crap, like crack. Okay. Really crap. Evil Dead, the game <laughs> is every if you love Evil Dead as much as I do, it is a wet dream for all you fanboys. I'm trying to get Don in so we can party up and play, and it is just so much fun. The references, the, the voice acting, Bruce came back, which is very awesome. The character selection has everybody from everything Evil Dead. 
everything. I'm talking Ash versus Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. It's all there because oh, cool. because Raimi has the rights back to Army of Darkness now. He can do things like this. Ooh. When he did Ash versus Evil Dead, he could not reference Army of Darkness, which was horse shit. But they danced around it the best they could. They yeah. did. They did. But now he has it back. And that's why partially why this game exists. It's an entire universe. It's great. It's fun. It's gory. It's violent. I love it so much. When I get off of here, I'm going to play it. So that is my <laughs> recommendation. Take your $40 and go and buy it. It's available on all everything but the Switch. So PC, all that. Please go pl play the game and send me a friend request because I need a squad that's not mentally incapable, please. <laughs> well, you don't want anybody from here then. Well, I was going to say, speaking of mentally capable squad members, Don. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen him play Apex. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, makes sense. I'm not so it, good outside of the, the turn base. So what have I learned? Honestly, um, I'm going to ask a question right now, Dave, because I'd like to learn this. Okay. So who do you hire to do your interviews that we've been hearing at the end of the episodes? Because that ain't you, sir. No, that is or, not you. It is me. What are you Bullshit. About? Then what do you do to yourself? What does that to, mean? You're, it doesn't sound like you at all. At, have you listened to them? I, of course I have to listen to them to edit them. <laughs> then you know. I'm telling you, I, I, they don't sound like you, brother. That's all I'm trying to do. I don't know. I listen to them. Like, oh, hey, that's... I, I thought you hired somebody or did something to yourself to bring your octaves up about 20 levels. That's all I'm, I, I get it. You're probably on a phone or something. John can, John can confirm. That's me. I do the interviews. I, I, I will, I would not say anything about the helium that you bring with you. So I'm insane, but not that insane. That. Okay, good. <laughs> a recommendations. I recommend that you just, Obi-Wan's coming out. I'm getting very excited. So, yeah. you know, make sure you catch that. Give Moon Knight a chance. Don't let the haters hate. I, <laughs> I, I, get I don't to... even like Moon Knight, and I like the show. So, there you go. A character. Yeah. I, I, I think Disney will learn a little bit of a lesson here just because there's a, a Twitter verse out there that says they want Moon Knight. I don't know if that really means they the masses want Moon Knight. But unless it's a good show well written in my opinion but i do agree with the other guest here much better binged than one every what week, week yeah all right question, question for don did it redeem him as apocalypse playing moon knight no <laughs> nothing will ever redeem that <laughs> ivan ooze oh god yes <laughs> all right how about you jd i read <clears throat> some x-men this weekend a good friend, Don, has been recommending stuff for years. And uh, my other friend, Jeremy Feinstone, said, hey, man, you got to give X-Men a read. It's been really good. So we, I got The Trial of Magneto, and I read it on Friday night. And it was not at all what I was expecting. And by God, I think I loved it. I think I'm, uh, I'm going to catch up on all the X-Men that I've been missing the last couple of years and kind of get myself reinvested in what's going on. So uh, thanks, Don, for saying, hey, man, this is this is good. You should check it out. This is good. You should check it out and bang on the drum because he was right. It is pretty good. Even the Hickman yeah. stuff, J.D.? Even the I Hickman? I might. Everyone told me. I've been told by multiple people that most people the Hickman X-Men stuff is pretty good. So, you know, if it's pretty bad, I you know Listen, I can just say, oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> you know? Ray, I have conceded to your point in our debate about Hickman. Yes, Hick the dick. But, but the problem is he just didn't, and it's not even his fault. 
they didn't want to let him finish it. They wanted to freeze frame what he had set up, play in that world. And so he was like, okay, let me give you this half-assed ending and I'm out. So it's not totally He his never fault. had an intention to stay at Marvel. Uh, it's, al- well, it's always been a temporary wrong. stay for him. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But Leah Williams did the trial of Magneto. And yeah, I think I, you know, she really deserves a lot of credit because we kind of get the Magneto Scarlet Witch dynamic back mm-hmm. as well as they help get around the fact that like you can revive any mutant that has ever existed. So, you know, that's kind of cool. As before, it was up to Professor X, but now because of Scarlet Witch extending her hand to the mutants that she wants almost obliterated, they can now revive any and all mutant that ever existed. So it was it was really a cool storyline because I like I like the Magneto Scarlet Witch daughter dynamic, and they kind of brought that back a little bit. And now she's not the boogeyman that she once was. So I like it. It's good stuff. So I'm glad you <laughs> caught that, JD. No, I appreciate it. So what? Every time they want to revive the moon, they just gather the Dragon Balls. I mean. Well, no, they just gather the five mutants that can make it happen. So they're like Dragon Balls, but they're mutants. Mutants, but you're a mutant that can make things happen. Hey, listen. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, say what you're going to say, Don. Well, I'm just saying, like, one of them, okay, so there was this Bendis, you'll love this, Apit Ray. So Bendis invented this mutant called Gold Balls, which his primary power was these golden balls literally shot out of his chest. Well, now here comes Hickman and declares, hey, those aren't just gold balls, those are eggs. So it turns out the character that I always thought was ridiculous named Gold Balls is now one of the most important mutants that exist. And now simply called eggs because those balls are eggs that they use to incubate their revived mutants. Comic books are fun. It took me a while to fi- took me a while to figure out that was the same dude because I just jumped into the trial of Magneto. But yeah, right. it's cool stuff. Oh my gosh, gold balls! Listen, Hickman made gold balls and Cipher two like completely useless and unimportant mutants. Oh yeah, Cipher very sucks important until now. Yeah. But now he's the only one that communicates with the island they all live on, and Warlock is on one of his arms. So, so you oh. need so you need gold balls mm-hmm. to make a wish for the mutants. No, that, gold balls makes the eggs. Proteus is the one that warps reality, <laughs> makes the eggs like viable. the dragon, like the dragon, right. like the dragon. Yes. And yeah, it's a whole convoluted. It's a whole Dragon Ball just call ripping off Toriyama. Hence, Dude, why the Eternals. <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh if anyone has, if anyone has had uh, leeway to have whip stuff off, it's the X Men for providing the basis for the vast majority of popular fiction that exists nowadays. I just tweeted out like these Academy book stories are like some of the most famous, like most popular things going on in young adult fiction, and it's all ripped off from freaking the uh, Xavier School from gifted youngsters, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about time that X Men takes a little back for giving so much for the pop culture Cuisinart. <laughs> all right yes sir all right get my stuff over with all right so for jd i have a new title oh please let me hear shikamori's not just a cutie clearly oh, man. yes what, what what is this explain to me it, it's a slice of life thing but it's about a guy it's about a guy who's prone to act, he's 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 you know he'll trip if there's like a pebble anywhere oh but his girlfriend is super awesome and just is really it's slice of life it's not there's no no fighting, no no super sentai, no nothing mm-hmm. like that. No, no zero interest. It's just, I I know, but it's actually yeah. These days, it's nice to have some cotton candy to eat once in a while. 
<laughs> but I, I recommend Ascendance of a Bookworm. It's another kind of slice of light thing. It's it's actually an isekai, but meaning you know somebody dies, goes to another world. But the the world building is is unbelievable. How deep this thing goes. Like we're, they're on the third season now, and you're still figuring out stuff about how how the class the class society works, and you know all the all the different. It, it's it's Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones stuck sucked and uh, the other thing is i learned more about george press from you guys and i i'm even more sorry to see him gone now because as somebody who did you know basically dodge security and run from from handlers to get interviews with some of these people you know some of the stars you were naked well (laughs) only sometimes but it just, you know, it's really nice every once in a while to meet somebody like that who actually liked the fans and wanted to talk about stuff like that, because a lot of them don't. No, you know? there's a difference, man. There's The difference is, is that there are some artists out there, and I've met a couple of them. I'm not going to put names out, but they treat it as a job. Mm-hmm. People like Perez didn't treat it like a job. They treated it like it was their life. Yeah. Their life's work. And I think that's a big difference. So... You know, George treated it like it was everything to him. Yeah, it was. The fans, the art, everything. George loved it all. That's it. Well, rest in peace for him. I learned that if Don has enough beers in him, he's willing to experiment. But <laughs> we already, I already knew. Oh. Discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> and I will also recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page comic book reviews by our good friend d square and uh, yeah i don't i don't really i don't have anything to recommend this week it's been a boring week for me work and 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 whatnot so nothing new hopefully i have something next week so until then as always thanks for listening don't let your cape be caught in the door have a good week